As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Meghan Markle debuts her new podcast and we break down all the biggest revelations, including this shocking confession. Someone happened to just smell smoke down the hallway, went in, fire extinguished. He was supposed to be sleeping in there. And we came back, hmm. and of course, as a mother, you go, oh my God, what is, are, everyone's in tears, everyone's shaken. And what do we have to do? Hmm. Go out and do another official engagement. And I said, this doesn't make any sense. Can you just... How did you not bring him? I was like, can you just tell people what happened? We give you all the details on the Royal Kids' new school as Prince William gears up for a trip to New York City. Very cool that he is heading to New York City. We'll have to pop in and uh, and give a wave. But yeah, so he's going to be back here um, in the States within the next few months. So this is really exciting. It is exciting, especially since it's been so many years since William or William and Kate have been in America. And now there's sort of all these trips planned. Plus, Lee Sampson, author of Protecting Diana, reveals that the princess was planning to move to the United States. She was clear that she loved her boys. And and when I asked her, um, when she told me that she was going to live in America, and I asked her, were her boys going with her? And that was a natural thing for me to say, you know, and then I didn't realize the implications that they, they weren't allowed to go with her. We've got that plus so much more on today's Royally Us. Hello to our fellow royal lovers and welcome to Royally Us. I'm Christina, that's Christine, and lots of big royal news this week. I mean, we're counting down the days to the end of summer, but the royals are still keeping us busy. This is what we get for last week saying, oh, it's pretty quiet. This week yeah. was tons of big stories. Tons of stuff. So before we get into it, a lot of people had a lot to say about last week's show, including um, this ongoing discussion about Harry um, not having the police protection, Andrew getting it. Well, Lil Barry Sweet says Harry left the firm. Andrew was stripped of his role. There was a difference. Um, while Lane says it's definitely a double standard and makes it clear there is a personal grudge towards Harry and Meghan. A lot of people have a lot of differing opini- opinions on this one. Um, yeah, we, we knew that this would be um, a hot topic. Yeah. I think it's so interesting like you said, it's very true that Harry left, whereas Andrew was stripped of his role. And that would almost make you think the reverse would be true. Right. Harry would keep his and Andrew yes. wouldn't. So this is a really interesting circumstance. Very, very much so. Um, well, all right. Well, let's get into our Royal Roundup and kick it off with Meghan Markle's debut podcast episode, Archetypes. Well, she sat down with Serena Williams and revealed a very scary moment on her South African royal tour. Take a listen. There's been a fire in the baby's room what stop i can't believe we haven't talked about this no and so we're in the car we had just landed we just landed 
what, an hour or two hours before racing back. We get back our amazing nanny, Lauren, who we'd had all the way until we, um, in Canada here. Lauren, in floods of tears, she was supposed to put Archie down for his nap. And she just said, you know what? Let me just go and get a snack downstairs. And she was, Lauren's from Zimbabwe. And we loved that she would always tie him on her, her back with a mud cloth. And her instinct was like, let me just bring him with me before I put him down. In that amount of time that she went downstairs, oh my God. Oh my the heater gosh. in the nursery caught on fire. There was no smoke detector. Someone happened to just smell smoke down the hallway, went in, fire extinguished. He was supposed to be sleeping in there. And we came back. Mm. And of course, as a mother, you go, oh my God, what just everyone's in tears everyone's shaken and what do we have to do mm. go out and do another official engagement and i said this doesn't make any sense can you just uh, why did you not bring him i was like can you just tell people what happened so um there was a lot to break down with this so she debuted this brand new podcast we've been talking about this for what seems like forever as well um it is basically what it says is that listeners can hear from women across generations who conquer tropes in their lives to inspire a new generation. Um, of course, this uh, featured a conversation with Serena Williams, but she's going to be talking to Mariah Carey. She's going to be talking to a lot of different women, um, talking about their roles as mother, talking about being a woman in society. And she's also, of course, drawing on her own um, personal stories, including this story about Archie um, on their uh, South African world tour where he South African tour where um, not world tour South African tour where there was a fire in his nursery and you know as a mom and the new mom as any mom this is so frightening and then they're just expected to go back and kind of continue on their royal duties. I think it's so interesting. So many of us mothers, especially first time, there's always that one big thing that really shakes you up mm -hmm. and really probably affects you more deeply than it would at any other time in your life, you know? Um, and I think there's a lot to be said for that. She was still pretty early in her postpartum experience. You know, Archie was not very old. Um, so I'm sure it was really, really scary. Oh my God, it has to be so frightening. And I wonder if like this was like another reason why they decided to leave because it's, you know, the family wasn't first. It was always duty first. And maybe that's like the one of the reasons why she was like, the, if my kid could have, you know, gotten seriously injured <laughs> in a fire and you're expecting me to just continue on and, and do these duties, that's not what I'm about. And I get it. I totally get right. that. Right. I don't it's, know. Yeah. It's such an interesting story that we've never heard before. And it really goes to show that there is so much behind the scenes that we've that we don't know that we'll probably never know um that really you know um makes these situations so complicated yeah very complicated but she and serena also talked about their friendship and how you know when they get together all they do is laugh and they've really bonded harry makes a quick appearance um at the beginning of the podcast as well just to pop in and say hello um, so yeah, we've been talking about their Spotify podcast for quite some time and it's finally here. So it'll be interesting to see how people respond to it. I would love to know in the comments what people thought. If you got a chance to listen to it, please let us know. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say because I'm sure you have a lot of opinions on it. Yes, oh, totally. Um, well, while Megan is busy with her podcast, the Cambridges are busy enjoying their summer holiday. Each summer, of course, they head to Balmoral with Queen Elizabeth, and she was, Kate was actually spotted on a commercial flight 
with her family in tow. Um, they were going to be joining the, the royal family alongside Prince Charles, Prince Edward, and the Countess of Wessex. Um, she tra traveled with Charlotte and Louis. I'm sure William uh, was believed to travel with just George. But like we said, this happens every single um, summer. So now they are kind of settling down before the kids start, start a brand new school year in a new school. Yes, yes. I mean, it must be so much big change. And I think especially for little ones with these big changes, it's nice to have some solid family time, um, you know, surrounded by family. And this is sort of an annual tradition for them to go up to Balmoral for the, the summer trip. And I know everyone loved, we've actually seen, we've seen Kate with the kids, sometimes with William, on the same commercial flight year after year. And it's always so weird because these flights are very quick that's you know london up to um scotland and so it's a very short flight there's no first class she's just kind of you know roughing it <laughs> like everybody else i would um, love to so, see it. i'd love to just I be know. like another passenger on that flight getting the chance to see her i know there's a video kind of circulating around of her just you know being just like us just you yes. know deboarding and you know wrangling the kids and you know, getting everybody together. So it's nice to see that they're very down to earth. Not like they had a choice to fly first class, but, um, right, right. <laughs> but I love to see it. But like we said, you know, they're enjoying these last days of summer because Prince George, Princess Charlotte and Prince Louis will be starting a brand new school in Berkshire, confirming that they are making their move from London to Windsor. In a statement to Us Weekly, the Cambridge has said the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge have today announced that Prince George, Princess Charlotte, and Prince Louis will attend Lambrook School in Berkshire from September 2022. The Royal Highnesses are hugely grateful to Thomas's Battersea, where George and Charlotte have had a happy start to their education since 2017 and 2019, respectively, and are pleased to have found a school for all three of their children, which share a similar ethos and values to Thomas's. Um, so this seems like a, like a brand new start. We're going to kind of delve a little bit deeper into what um, the school has to offer, which is a lot, um, a little bit later on in the show. But yeah, like we said, this confirms that they are making this big move um, to Windsor to be closer to the Queen, be closer to Kate's family and have that more normal lifestyle that they so long to long to have. Yeah, there's been so much speculation the last, you know, for months almost. And finally, this is sort of confirmation that they will. it's way too far for them to live in London and commute to the school every week. So clearly they're moving to Windsor. Um, you know, this move that we've been speculating about is indeed happening. And I'm excited, like we said, for this big, fresh start um, with Louis starting school. It must be sort of the end of the era, you know, the end of Kate's babies being at home. They're all in school now. So it's really exciting. Yeah, it's a brand new chapter and so many exciting things uh, happening. And I'm sure being closer to Kate's parents is probably something that they're really looking forward to as well. Um, well, you know, right after school probably begins, Prince William is heading to New York City. He's heading there on September 21st to kick off the countdown to the Earthshot Prize Ceremony, which is happening in Boston in December. He will be attending the Earthshot, Pri Earthshot Prize Innovation Summit, like I said, on September 21st, where the finalists and last year's winners of the Earthshot Prize will be. Um, very cool that he is heading to New York City. We'll have to pop in and, uh, and give a wave. But yeah, so he's going to be back here um, in the States with in the next few months. So this is really exciting. It is exciting, especially since it's been so many years since yeah. William or William and Kate have been in America. And now there's sort of all these trips planned. It's really interesting. I think the next day on the 22nd, there's a UN summit um, that uh, Crown Princess 
Mary and Crown Prince Frederick of Denmark will be at, and they're very close. So I wonder if we'll see any other royal events pop up, sort of a royal mashup would be really, really cool. Very cool. I wonder if Harry will be making the trip. I have to say it. I have to say it. <laughs> He's starting trouble now. <laughs> Always. Um, well, we do know that Harry was recently in Africa. Um, of course, he is um, president of African Park, so he headed over there and a spokesperson for the Duke of Sussex told People magazine that Harry is welcoming and co-hosting a group of U.S. officials, conservationists, and philanthropists as they tour protected wildlife and nature areas. He began working with African Parks back in 2016 and became the president of the organization the following year. Obviously, Africa is a very special place to Harry. He spoke about this um, recently in his speech at the U.N., saying that he took um, took solace there after Princess Diana died. He, of course, took Megan back there, and that's really where they fell in love. So this is uh, a place that is near and dear to his heart. Yes, definitely. And I think it's so important that, you know, the African Parks program, you know, um, is present in several countries throughout the continent. And Harry has really done lots and lots of work in lots of different countries within Africa, from, like you said, that very special vacation with Megan in Botswana to his work in Lesotho. And um, I know he's worked in Kenya as well. And obviously, their very famous tour in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, so he really has done so much work there. It's somewhere that's really close to his heart. Mm-hmm. And I love seeing him still, you know, playing an active role in those projects. Definitely. All right. Well, now it is time to spill some royal tea. And this is a funny story because Prince Charles reportedly reacted to his betrayal on the crown. So Scottish minister Anna Sarwar opened up about his encounter with the Prince of Wales at the state opening of the Scottish Parliament in Edinburgh last October. Charles reportedly said to him, hello, nice to meet you all. I'm nowhere near how they portrayed me on Netflix. So Star Wars told the Daily Mail, I thought that was a really interesting way of how do you describe yourself. I'm going to be in so much trouble for this because I don't think you are meant to tell private conversations. <laughs> yes, we're not supposed to tell private conversations between the royals. But um, of course, Prince Charles was portrayed by Josh O'Connor in season three and season four. And Dominic West is set to take take over for him in the um, in the final two seasons. But it's interesting if this is true that, you know, We've always talked about, do the royals really watch the crown? And I guess Prince Charles does. (laughs) I do wonder, do you think one of his aides is assigned to have to watch the whole season and report back? Like it's someone's job to sit there and watch it when it comes out. (laughs) I know, I probably, because if I was Charles, I would not want to be watching that because- I know, but imagine imagine the guy having to come to work the next day and be like, um, sir, I'm afraid it's not very good. (laughs) You're going to want to sit down for this. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so, I mean, we've, you know- Harry, when he did his um, sit down with James Corden a while back, um, did open up about the crown, said he would much rather watch that than read the headlines that people say about him in the media. So I guess the, it's definitely on their radar. They know about it. Yeah, it would be hard to avoid it. Well, according <laughs> to the Mail Online, Prince William and Prince Harry have been kept in the dark over um, the new documentary about their mother, the uh, princess was, uh, and, sorry, investigating Diana, the death in Paris. We talked, um, obviously, to um, one of the police investigators last week about this. Um, According to the Telegraph, the Duke of Cambridge and the Duke of Sussex have not been consulted on the program or shown a preview of the piece, which I don't feel like is that surprising. I don't think that they would really need to be um, given the heads up about this. Yeah, but imagine if they previewed every you know, piece about them or about their mother, about their family, they'd never get any work done because there's always a new documentary. But I do think when we spoke to the investigator last week, he said that he sat down with them 
you know, and answered every question they had and spent a long time going through the information. And so they kind of already know, you know, they know what the documentary is going to say and they know what the the truth is. Um, so hopefully it doesn't stir up too many, too much trauma for, for them, but no, I can't imagine if they, if they previewed every documentary or every show, they'd never get anything done. No, they would never get anything done. And especially now, you know, the 25th anniversary is right around the corner. And that kind of takes us into our breaking down of the world rules because we spoke to Lee Sansom. He was, uh, he's the author of this upcoming new book, Protecting Diana, A Bodyguard Story. He was her bodyguard when she was in Saint-Tropez with uh, Dodi Al-Fayed shortly before her death. Um, he talked about the conversations that they had, what it was like interacting with Prince William and Prince Harry, and what her mindset was around the time of her death. So take a look at this. So what was it like meeting the princess for the first time? You were in Saint-Tropez for 10 days. You get the mm -hmm. call that Diana is coming with Dodi. I mean, and then when she steps off that boat, what was it like, you know, meeting her for the very first time yeah it was uh it was it was uh, a, me um, a memory i'll never forget mm. but before i went out to santa Pe, i already knew the princess was coming nobody else did mm -hmm. uh, but the security team did uh, and it just so happened i was on the jetty when she came in on the tender off the off the super yacht and as she got off because it is, it's quite a step to get up to the jetty from the boat. I, I kind of leant down and kind of give her my shoulder to to, to get off because you, know, you don't hold your hands out to VIPs and things like this. One, you don't want to get a photograph um, holding somebody's hand and because uh, they'll write the story, obviously. It's a bit, it's, it's different now, but then they can write whatever they liked. Yeah. And two, uh, some of these high net worth individuals, they don't like touching people's hands. So, you know, so anyway, so she, she, she didn't use my shoulder. She just jumped on and, and she, and she just said, Oh, uh, hi, uh, more, more heavies then. And, and heavies, uh, to her, I would thought would have would have meant bodyguards. Mm. She said, "Oh, what more heavies?" Smiling, and, and then off she walked, uh, and, that, and that's when I met her. But I, I'd, I'd, you know, she, she's about six, seven months older than me, the princess. So I'd, through my life, I'd lived her life through the the media, of course, and 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 everything that was going on. Although I wasn't into watching and learning about it, it was just everywhere princess diana was everywhere in our lives so to actually meet her uh was was an honor yeah. and it's something i'll never forget yeah i mean that has to be incredible i mean what would you say that her headspace was like i know that you write in the book that she was different than a lot of people portrayed her in the media a lot of people said that you know she was paranoid or had you know problems with eating and things like that but you had a completely different experience with her correct yeah it's 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 a difficult one you know christina because i don't i don't generally watch a lot of media or tv or things like this but she was portrayed to be this person from people who possibly had different agendas mm. people that have never met her i've met a lot of reporters who give my opinion on the princess never even met her mm -hmm. so i think um what was reported about it and what I saw, were, there were two different people. And I know, I know the media portrayed it to be this and that, and bad news sells, right? Yeah, she was an amazing lady. And, and what really caught my attention is she was just a normal down-to-earth lady. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't what I expected. I don't know what I expected. She loved her boys. Uh, you could tell she cared for people, all the staff, everybody she, she met, she smiled, she treated them kindly. She wasn't alone, her boys were with her. So what type of mother was she? What, what did you kind of witness by their interactions? 
Yeah, she was uh, she was a caring mother. She loved her boys. She loved watching them play. She loved playing with them. Uh, she loved watching Harry, a bit of a naughty boy. Uh, I think we call them naughty boys. I, I call them free childs. Uh, and I think she was a free child too. And, and she used to, you know, delight in watching him get up to his little antics and spraying the paparazzi with his jet ski, which I taught him to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so, uh, yeah, she, she, she was clear that she loved her boys. And, and when I asked her, um, when she told me that she was going to live in America, and I asked her, were her boys going with her? And that was a natural thing for me to say, you know, and I didn't realise the implications that they, they weren't allowed to go with her. And, when she, and she told me that, and, and, and she, she was sad when she was telling me, but she said, I've come to terms with it now, I'll see them at school breaks, and I'll see them often. So she'd come to terms with the fact that she wasn't going to be able to take them with her, which I understand. Yeah, I mean, tell me a little bit more about that conversation and how it came about. And you know, did she just kind of because of the paparazzi? Okay. Was she just like, I need to move, I need to get out of here? Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, she, she was telling me that she was going to move to the states, and and she was outlining how she was hounded by the paparazzi, and it was. It was, I say it was slightly different there. 25 years ago, you know, some of the pictures, even in San Tropez, were faked. Mm-hmm. You know, and we could see they were faked. And, and the backdrop was faked. And the, they just wrote any any kind of rubbish about a photograph, often in places we, we, we'd never even visited. Um, but, uh, but she said she was quite adamant that in, in America, the press liked her, the people liked her, and she liked the place. Mm-hmm. So you could see for respite almost, uh, why she would go there. And I, I know a lot of people have said she, she was depressed, she was anxious, she was paranoid. Well, you know what? I kind of get why. Yeah, of course. You, you know, she, she couldn't enjoy her life. Things weren't normal. She had no one to turn to. And and now, if, if we were to ask that question now, that let's say, for example, she was depressed and she was anxious, well, why not give her help for it rather than slander her for it? Mm. I mean, this day and age, we would we would be offering help for mental in- injuries and things like that. But then it was almost said as a slur. Yep. Well, you know what she's like. She's depressed. You know what she's like. She's paranoid. Well, perhaps her paranoia, if we, if we were to call it that, was based on reality, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, if I was hounded by the paparazzi like that and being chased and all that, I would be paranoid, too. Um, yes. And then you write in the book that you were um, slated to travel with them to the United States, right, to protect them. Was that part of the job? Yeah. Yeah. What happened before we went to Saint-Tropez, it might have been a few weeks before, um, we were told that there was upcoming positions in the States. Now, Dodie had a place over there in California. Mm. So the the job was to go over... And, and enhance his security for the first time ever. So putting two, two and two together, which might not always make what, what, what I'm trying to say sound right, but because we were putting more people over there and the princess was moving over there and she was going to California, well, it made sense that we were there for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just assumed that reason was to be, to be with the princess and Dodie when they were together, whenever that might be. Yeah. So I, I so I, I said straight away that I would go. Mm-hmm. I've got family. I've got family in the states. I love the states. Um, I work for an American company now. We we do uh, joint projects together. So, yeah. So that that was the story behind that. And then you also write in the book that there was a chance that you were to be in Paris. 
at the time of her death. A, a bunch of you uh, drew some straws as well. Um, and, you know, obviously you didn't get to go, but what was your take on her death? Uh, you know, obviously there's still 25 years later, there's all, all these conspiracy theories about what happened. Did this cause by the paparazzi? Was it covered up? In your opinion, what what happened? Yeah, it's an interesting one. When we, when we drew straws, um, Christina, we were drawing straws because we didn't want to go. We'd, been, we'd had a hard summer. We were tired. You know, sometimes you're working 18 hours a day and and, and that's just part of the job. So we, we drew straws and nobody wanted to go. And the, yeah. the person that went was a guy called Kez Wingfield. And somebody drew out the short straw and said, well, I guess that, that that's Kez's. So we all said, right, it's his. And he went. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, Kez. <laughs> but... Um, but this is this is the thing, uh, Christina, with, with the conspiracy theories. I, I mean, I was involved in the uh, in the coroner's inquest ten years after into into her death and, and gave evidence and various bits of evidence. But the the thing that it, it all hinged around Henri Paul, who was drunk, right? Now he's drunk because we were told he was drunk at the first uh, the first trial. Mm -hmm. uh, so when it when it became apparent that that wasn't as clear as everybody thought yeah. uh, with the monoxide in the blood and and the various um, things that happen. And, and I'm not an expert in it, but there's a lot of questions that said perhaps he wasn't drunk. Now, this gets me on to my next thing, that Kez, and, Kez Wingfield and, and Trevor Rees-Jones, the bodyguards who were there at the time, who I knew very well, I'd worked with them for years, very professional guys, and they're still very professional guys at the top level in security in the world. And I know that had he have been drinking, had he have been drunk, they would not have allowed him to get in that car. Mm -hmm. uh, that full stop. And I know that. Uh, and it's just a pity that Trevor, he still uh, can't remember a thing yeah. to this day. So, you know, we, we will never know. What did but, Trevor oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so so all the conspiracy theories about whether he was drunk or not, why did they find all that booze in a two-bedroom flat days after they'd gone and found a bottle of champagne and half a bottle of liquor that he didn't even like, mm -hmm. the toxology report. There's so many things that don't add up. That's why people have got different opinions on it, you know. But my only opinion is I know that Trevor and Kez would not have allowed him to, to drive if he was drunk. Wrapping up, I mean, what was your interactions like with William and Harry? And how did they kind of interact with their, what was their view of their mother? Did you, t I know that you said before that Diana was a very caring mother, but what were the boys' interactions like with their mother? Yeah, you could tell they were very tactile. They, you could tell they had an amazing relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, and they were happy together. Uh, she was just a, a wonderful mother, you know, and, and I did watch her. Obviously, I was watching her all the time. And, yeah, the, the, and the boys were happy. They had a, a wonderful holiday. And, in fact, I saw Prince Harry very briefly, 2015, during the Rugby World Cup. Uh, I was working there, and, and he scooted past me on the red carpet. And, you know, when somebody stops in the tracks and does a double take, and I did the same. He had a baseball hat on. We looked at each other, and at that moment in time, I knew he was thinking, I know you from somewhere, yeah. mm -hmm. but, but we were just moving like that. So I hope one day uh, I'll meet him again. You know, I think he's a great guy. I, you know, I, I think uh, seeing him as a boy and you now see him as a man, I knew he would turn out like that. Mm -hmm. Great guy. Definitely an interesting story to know that, you know, he was with her, you know, in the final months leading up to her death and how she was so happy 
such a loving, caring mother and in a really good space in her life. And the fact that she was uh, about to move to the United States or talked about moving to the United States. And now Harry has kind of lived out the dream that she had. Yeah, it's it must have been so emotional to to be with her in those final happy days and then for that tragedy to have occurred. I feel like it'd be twice as hard. Oh, 100%. All right, well, let's move on to our Royal History Moment of the Week. And it seems like you can have your own royal wedding, kind of. Um, the Princess <laughs> Diana a Tribute Exhibition is opening up in Las Vegas next month. And the attraction features 12 curated rooms, including Wedding of the Ce Wedding of Century, where couples can actually tie the knot among thoughtfully chosen artifacts from Princess Diana and Prince Charles's 1991 wedding, including a dramatic recreation of Diana's bridal gown, the wedding package, if you shall choose, features a ceremony and private dinner inside the room. Move wow. over, Elvis. <laughs> Move over. <laughs> I mean, I think this is so much fun. And if you're going to go and have a Vegas wedding, why not? Why not? I like the dramatic recreation of Diana's bridal gown, though. I like that that's the description. <laughs> <laughs> so interesting. I would love if somebody ends up doing this. Please send yes. us photos. We'd Please love send to us copy. photos. I actually think it would be a lot of fun. <laughs> it really would. Same, I'm already married. Oh, I know, right? Same here. <laughs> All right, well, let's check into our Pine Sex Palace. And like we said, we wanted to give you a little bit more information about the Royals' new school. Now, it is a co-educational boarding school situation, situated just outside of Windsor, set on 52 acres of countryside and has approximately 560 students. There is boarding, but what we hear is that George will go during the day and he can enjoy, get this, their indoor pool, full-size AstroTurf soccer field, a nine-hole golf course, and uh, horseback riding, fencing, scuba diving, and, of course, polo, because you can't have a Royals going to a school if there's no polo. <laughs> um, but interesting, do you find it interesting that they're not boarding him because Prince Harry and Prince William were boarded, um, you know, up, you know, right around George's age up until uh, the university? You know, um, boarding school is very popular in the UK, and everyone I know who has gone to boarding school loved it. However, I think it's becoming more popular for for children to start boarding around the age of 12 or 13, where traditionally you started boarding at age eight or nine and George has just turned nine. I can't imagine sending my eight-year-old to, I would just think that would be so difficult. But I think because they've moved to Windsor, because they're such a tight-knit family, they're clearly, you know, they're clearly so close and enjoy spending time together. I would not expect George to board until he was a bit older. And I wouldn't be surprised if he did start when he turned 12, um, start boarding. Um, I think this is so exciting. One interesting thing that I learned about the school is that it actually has Saturday school. So the children go to school six days a week. Um, <laughs> which is not which is not uncommon my husband and his brothers went to a school saturday school okay. um but they do a half day of extra academics and then the rest of the day is for sports so that they can take advantage of the astroturf soccer field and the <laughs> all the other clubs and activities nice for the parents maybe not so nice for the kids <laughs> but it's fun that they get to take advantage of all those extracurricular activities it seems like it's going to be a great fresh new start for them which we hear is what they wanted in this year and that's what they're going to get so very exciting well christine there was a lot of news to get to this week so always <laughs> such a pleasure breaking it all down and yeah, we'd love to hear so what you guys fun. have to say please keep commenting keep subscribing and we'll see you guys next week